Hi guys, welcome to a very special edition of Popping With. I know I seem to say that they're all special editions, but honestly, we're just flattered that people want to spend time with us. Um, today we've got uh, the lovely company of Mr. Joe Kerwin, um, recently appointed um, as part member of the Labour Future Candidate Programme. He is the councillor for Monkseaton North Ward. He is a health, and pol- health policy and project manager, using steward, safeguarding rep at North. The man wears a lot of hats. So... Make yourself comfy. We actually even get super serious for a few minutes. It's surprising. Um, and just just enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of Popping With, um, our first interview show since the pandemic. We are joined with a very special guest. He is a member of the North Tyneside Council, the Labour Party member of North Monkseaton North Ward. He is the Health Policy and Project Manager of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Trust, and he is the Safeguarding Officer at North, which you all know and love. He is our friend, Mr Joe Kerwin. Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you very much, and I'm very disappointed that I don't have a red stripe provided right by me. I mean, Craig also boldly called you a friend, there, and I think that's that's early doors to be, to be assuming we're friends, Craig. Already, hey, when you've got as when you've got as few as me, mate, you need to try and latch on them very quickly. Clearly, a deep bond being developed already over this Zoom screen. Firm friends, absolutely firm friends. It, it did feel nice. Though. I don't know why I found that. <laughs> See, ya. Uh, yeah, Craig, oh, back on. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, throw me right under the bus there. So yeah, um, yeah Joe, thank, like I said, thank you much, very much for joining us. We know you're a very busy man. You wear more hats than I do. Um, but we're going to try and get you this afternoon to talk about your role as a safeguard officer for North and also touch upon your Unison Steward role um, and how it might also cross over and interlap, um, sorry, interlink with... Um, the work that Equity have done with assembling a code of conduct in varied promotions across the country. Um, we'll try not to make this all frost frost v Nixon. Uh, or we'll try our best. Um, As if we could frost v Nixon in an interview. <laughs> <laughs> We're hardly Michael Parkinson, are we? Are we? <laughs> um, so yeah, but first and foremost, this is primarily a wrestling podcast. So let's talk some wrestling. Let's talk, talk some graphs. Um, some wrestling. How did you fall in love with wrestling, and at what age? Who was your Hulk Hogan, Joe? Who got you into wrestling? So, it's a guy called Dean Tinkler, and um, a great last name. We used, to, we used to rip it out of him. Tinkler as a last name, his kid. Um, oh, and his first game, his first girlfriend was called, uh, her last name was Tweddle, so it'd be Tweddle with his Tinkler. Um, sorry, but I'm getting <laughs> off the point. Um, so, yeah, things we say as kids. Um, but, you know, he... He had a WrestleMania 2000 VHS, and, and the first match I ever saw was the Hardcore Battle Royale at WrestleMania 2000, and I just thought it was the most amazing thing ever as a 10-year-old. Um, and the second match I saw was the main event, and that, that's where I fell in love with Mick Foley, and he became my favorite wrestler. And then I got the Hard Knocks and Sheep Pops VHS, and I would just watch it over and over and over again. Um, uh, so yeah, that's how I got into wrestling and been 
hooked ever since. I've had, you know, as most fans, had a few years off. Um, and I'm actually, my, my entire time off was in the CM Punk run. So everyone's like, oh my God, Punk's back. And I'm just like, yeah, that guy from Ring of Honor. Yes, he did. much else about him. My, uh, One of the real punks when I got back in, because like you say, I think all wrestling fans do. We have a break. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I was out and then Punk came back and that's when I got back in. So WrestleMania 20 on BHS. Yeah. That was a big, big green box. I'm sure it was. And it was, yeah. yeah and, WrestleMania, had, yeah. It, it was a big green box, WrestleMania 2000, and it came with something else. Yes, as it well. came with like an anthology yeah. BHS with it as well. Was that the McMahon's in every corner main event? Yes, it was. Yeah. 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 Um, the Battle Royal was at the Hardcore Hollywood. Was that Hardcore Hollywood now? Yeah. Game? I think it, actually, you know what? I really can't remember because all I remember about it was the person who won wasn't meant to win. Yeah. And they had to reverse the decision on Raw. Yeah. And yeah. now you think about it, it's like, did anyone really care who the hardcore champion was? So it, was a, it was a hardcore title. We, we saw Pat Patterson get pinned while he was asleep. Like, <laughs> if that book goes out of the window, it's. What makes it even worse if I may show my wrestling and geekdom here is um, Hardcore Holly won it by accident. Crash Holly was meant to win it. So he won it the next day on Raw. There was literally no difference between Hardcore and Crash Holly. You could have kept it on one or the other. <laughs> it was irrelevant. And I was devastated when I grew up, when I grew up, when, and I found out they weren't actually related because they look so similar. I thought they were definitely related. Oh, I mean, if, if we're laughing at childhood naivety here, I thought the Dudley boys were brothers for quite a while. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Did, did you think that about when all the ECW Dudleys, you know, dances with Dudleys and Big Dick travels the territories? So but I'm, Craig I'm, also didn't think novels were real for at least 25 years. <laughs> years ago, so. uh, yeah, early, early 20s. Uh, I thought because the novels, I thought novels because they had the nickname Unicorn of the Sea. I thought they were literally mythical creatures um, until my mate literally had to show me a photo of like this whale with a horn. I'm like, fuck's that? He's like, that's a narwhal. And it was a real. He just, he just wants to believe. You know, it's a beautiful thing to want to I'm believe. A, I'm a sad indictment of uh, the Blythe education system, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> a sad indictment. Yeah. Um, so you, dip, you were out when CM Punk had his first run with the WWE. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, it was 2008, and I, like so many other fans, I was, oh, I hate Cena, I hate Cena. Um, and I'd started watching, you know, watching less and less of WWE and more and more of TNA at the time. Um, and anyway, Cena came in in the 2008 Royal Rumble, and I maintain to this day he came in number 31 um, <laughs> because there was someone who didn't enter, so he took that space. And I said, no, nope, therefore, he's 31. It doesn't count. And Cena won. And then I was like, right. I'm not, I'm out, I'm out of wrestling. Um, and so I was out for a few years until about 2012. And it was, I was in Manchester in the Waterstones and I saw a Chris Canyon book. And I thought, oh my God, Chris Canyon. I used to love him. Yeah. Um, picked up the book, discovered he, he then committed suicide and passed away. And you know, I didn't re- know any of that until I actually read the book. Um, and, that, you know, I was really upset about it, but it actually sparked me thinking about wrestling again. And I checked back in and it was just, um, and, watched some fed i wasn't really that interested and then i got back into tna and it was austin aries had just beaten bobby Roode for the tna world title and that was it i was back into wrestling and and got to pretend i was a bit of a hipster going oh you like the wwe oh, well, i only watch tna <laughs> um, 
and so I can pretend I was better than other people. <laughs> but actually, anyone who watches TNA knows, no, you're not. I actually watch this wrestling, for the wrestling, not the sports entertainment. I give TNA its credit. It, I think it's low key having one of its best years it's had in a while currently. Oh, um, yeah. Since Scott Demore took over in 2018, it yeah. is the best it's been since what 2006, 2007. Yeah, um, it is. That Samoa Joe Daniels AJ yeah. Styles mix. It's it's back to having an identity again. I think TNA um, after the whole Hogan Bischoff the bomb. Um, yeah, um, it's you know what? It's just fun to watch. And yeah. I was with this recent AEW invasion of TNA. I was very skeptical about how that was going to work out but you know what it's actually been fantastic to see those you know dream matches and the opportunities for for the, for the boys and to go elsewhere and do other things as well you know and this yeah, whole forbidden door stuff i think it's just been fantastic yeah. it's been great like seeing christian with the tna title and back in tna because that's when i love tna christian a pop across and a yeah. big christian fan i've always wanted to see him as a main event i mean the fact that he got his chance there and then he's been back. I think it's just great, great storytelling. What like this is my thing with the WWE. Why not work with other people? Yeah. How, does, how does that not benefit people? You know? Yeah. You know, we well, the thing they is they see themselves as a wrestling company, they, yeah, they're true. an entertainment yeah. company, and they make with working with wrestling is beneath them. <laughs> and the WWE did do that nod to the oh yeah, we're gonna work with people, and especially on the British Indies, mm. you know, where they were hosting things, and you thought, oh maybe this something interesting is going to happen here mm. and then oh wait you're not really interested yeah, in, you're, inter you're interested in subscriptions to the network um and that's it well uh, have you seen that uh, nxt japan has officially uh folded a few weeks ago yeah it's com completely completely expected I'd, I'd just like to touch on the canyon thing i don't know if anybody's seen it yet the dark side of the ring for canyon no, i haven't it's seen it yet haven't seen, it yet. Fantastic. Haven't, haven't seen it but i've seen some reviews Um cena and rick flair come out with some not, very yeah they're not, not they don't come out as great people but on the focus on the positive thing but i didn't know it was um how much he influenced the young bucks um which i was very surprised that they like he trained with them or that his uh, first trainer was a um, fabulous mulan me young and uh, that's see that's how we got into wrestling um which was cool because uh, i've just <laughs> during my lockdown period uh, instead of um, instead of binge watching other box sets, I binge watch WCW Monday Night Raw. Uh, <laughs> so I truly remember there was no one better than Canyon. He was he was fantastic. And like if you get the chance to watch that dark side of the ring, it's 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 awful because of what he went through and yeah, just to see how it ended for him. But it's nice to see him celebrated by so many so many people you probably wouldn't suspect yeah. were big Canyon fans. He's one of those, I think he was so much, I know we say this about a lot of people, but he was so much before his time. Yeah. And if he was around now, yeah, he probably wouldn't be, you know, headlining a WrestleMania. But yeah. I'll tell you what, he might be headlining an All Out or a Bound for Glory. Absolutely. You know, he would fit well in with Ring of Honor and anyone else, you know, he'd be having a fantastic career right now. He's a, yeah, sad, sad way from a go, sad way for such a innovative talent. Yeah. But yeah, if you get a chance, definitely, definitely watch it. Dark Side of the Ring documentaries are or spot on anyways. Um, oh, yeah. It was really good. FM, FMW, really the next one. It's going to be a, a, a couple more coming out. Yeah. The, they've just done the air. Uh, they're playing right from hell. Oh, it's, yeah. 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 Yeah, talk about um, safeguarding issues. Yeah, <laughs> nice. I mean, that, that might be a nice segue. It's, the, the bit that's just, you may, it makes you just put your head in your hands is when Ric Flair puts out on Instagram and the opening lines is, 
my lawyer told me not to post this. My family have told me not to post this. My friends have told me not to post this. But I've never been one to hide from my problem. Oh, Rick, Jesus Christ. Yeah, the heartbreaking thing about that one was Tommy Dreamer for me. I always thought Tommy Dreamer was one of the good guys. And I'm not saying he's not a good guy. I just don't think he came across very well. I think what is interesting, you know, is Tommy Dreamer probably is, at least on my Twitter feed, got more flack than Flair. Um, And I don't know if that's because people expect it from Flair, you know, which doesn't make it okay because people go, oh, he's like that. It's like, well, that doesn't make it okay. (laughs) But yeah, Dreamer... Probably said what a lot of other people were thinking, though, as well, which, again, doesn't mean that's right. Yeah. It just means, you know, this this isn't acceptable. And, you know, I'm a big reader of wrestling books. I love my wrestlers' autobiographies and all these things. And I, you know, I will read anything and everything that's wrestling related. And it does make you reassess every time they've talked about the party culture mm-hmm. and this and this. And you think, wait a minute, what was really going on here? And do oh, I have yeah. to reassess, you know, what the situation was with a new new view, new lens. With, uh, when fresh evidence comes to light. Yeah. 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 Shame. Oh, absolutely. Um, but obviously, like you said, the, the world's most depressing segue. Uh, <laughs> obviously, 18 months ago, the independent wrestling world and large app world was completely rocked um, by the speaking out movement. Um, anyone who listens, yourself, we we all we all know how harrowing that was to see and to read and to hear about. And um, obviously now you're working as a safeguard officer for North, but during that time, that month of June in 2020, um, what was your perspective? Because obviously you said you were a bit of a elapsed fan prior. Were you? you actively watching this horror unfold or were you an outside looking in going this isn't okay i can make that difference what 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 were you what was like your like quote-unquote impressions of what was going on at the time it's uh, well at the time it was just horrified um and i suppose you know i feel a sense of guilt because I feel, and I think a lot of people did because we all sort of knew things weren't right. You know, wrestling has acted and behaved as if it's outside systems, as you know, it's an unregulated thing. And you know, anyone in positions of authority, you know, has been wrestling fans, have thought, oh, maybe something should happen. You know, maybe there should be a governing body. Maybe there should be some form of regulation. But no one's ever done anything about it because wrestling still was the wild west. So I was absolutely horrified at the time. Um, I was an active fan. I was attending live shows, um, you know, not mainly actually traveling the country, meeting up, using it as an excuse to meet up with friends from uni, saying, hey, let's all, you know, you know, Jamie lives in Wales. Let's all go to this show. This person lives in London. Let's all go to this show. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. let's go to Riptide or, or PCW or ICW. Exactly. exactly. So we were definitely, you know, that was mainly, you know, how I was consuming indie wrestling at the time and, and, enjoying the rebirth of impact um, and things like that. But I was horrified and devastated and it did question, do I want to go back to these shows? Do I want to be involved? Do I want to, do I want to watch this industry? And then, you know, I felt bad about owning all these books. And, you know, I think a lot of people went through this whole process of questioning. And have I supported these people to commit these acts indirectly? Um, 
Yeah, so it wasn't great. And at the time I wasn't thinking about how I could be involved or help fix this at all. Um, because I was just a fan, you know, I've never really had any involvement other than being a fan. Um, and it was actually the MP, um, Alex Davis-Jones, um, who set up the all-party parli all parliamentary group, the APPG, um, on wrestling. And was with, uh, started talking about, actually, we need to look at how we do this better. Yeah. It was with uh, Carnivore and Sierra Loxton, I believe, Yeah. Um, around this summer when restrictions had just been eased, I think. Um, but yeah, obviously, it was that was like the first steps to putting in the framework to, that'll hopefully be protecting trainees and workers and fans, etc. Um, they've ended up working with uh, equity to mm -hmm. make a lot of the codes of conduct. Um, and obviously, when I put, gave you your intro earlier, there was, I'll not lie, completely stolen from your Twitter bio. <laughs> I purposely left off that you're a using steward. Um, and I just wanted to know, does, what was your experience with the use and steward and kind of like, can those two worlds collide with obviously the establishing of unions in independent wrestling and if there's a future for unions in independent wrestling? There is 100% a future for unions in independent wrestling. Um, you know, every wrestler should be in a union. Every wrestler should be a member of equity. Um, that should be, you know, without question. You know, in my view, it's a personal choice, but 100% they should be in a union. Um, I suppose, from my perspective, a union um, and what I do as a steward is, you know, around protecting our members in unison. I mainly represent um, workers who work for charities. So, and it can be a bit of a kangaroo court in charities. If you're a small charity um, set up, you know, and there's two or three people and the founders there and they want things done a certain way, things can get a bit dodgy and some people can just get sacked without cause and funding can just disappear and all of these things. Um, a little bit like a wrestling, a wrestler not being paid or not being paid for travel or being forced into unsafe working conditions. Um, the union's there to stand up for them and protect them as well. And that should be for trainees as well. Now equity um, does a brilliant job of that already for actors and actors in you know rural and non-urban theatres and acting is a bit of a dodgy industry as well. And there's been a lot of the issues that we've seen in speaking out over the years and seen in speaking out happen in the acting community. Uh, so and it's obviously the Time's Up movement a few years yeah, ago. Time's Up, me too. Uh, yeah. 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 And Equity equity have done a, what I think is a really good job in terms of protecting their members and putting the processes in place to make sure things don't happen again. Um, and I think you know every promotion should have a code of conduct with equity um, and I think all the wrestlers themselves should be members of equity because it's that two-way protection and mm -hmm. making sure things that are safe for the wrestlers safe for the the promotions and safe for the fans as well so how do you go about how do you go about say getting veterans and, and you guys how do you sell them on this how do you sell them on equity like I'm, I'm not saying we're trying to start a revolution right here right now okay. But how, how do you get guys that have been in the industry, say, maybe 15, 20 years? You know, not one of the bad guys, one of the good guys. How, how do you sell them on this change and it's beneficial for them? It's about legitimizing the industry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're wrestling fans. We know, we know that some people in society look down at us for being wrestling fans. It's still a bit of a snobbiness. You know, 
you know, if we can get wrestlers and promotions involved and sign up, you know, it legitimizes the industry and it needs to be led from the veterans. They're the guys that need to protect the industry for the future. We hear a lot about wrestlers going, oh, you know, you, you know, we, I did this and I created this and I trained these guys. Well, great. But you need to protect the industry for the next generation and the next generation. And this is how you're going to do it. And this is going to put a backbone and a structure there where people can trust it. Fans can come back and it can be recognized nationally as well. And, you know, so Ian McKellen is an equity. Wouldn't it be great if you could have, you know, so Ian McKellen stood next to, I don't know, oh, Shreddy and, sorry, not Shreddy, uh, Rory and so Ian McKellen together. Come on, it's like a, a younger version of one of them. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I'd want that picture. I know that's a great poster. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think that's a uh, an overall great aim. Uh, it'd be nice to see wrestling moving in that way. I think it's got to be taught from like the new guys coming in need to be taught that from an early early starting point that this is the way to protect the business going forward. What what can like you know this is what you can do to make sure we are legitimized and the business keeps going. Um, yeah, and what's interesting there is you know if you go to university and you study drama. And they do talk to you about equity and the actors' union. Yeah, you know, so you put, study drama. So yeah, yeah we've, got, we've got a thespian in the mist, in our mist. You know, they, they do talk about the roles of this. Same with the musicians' union. You know, in terms of protecting their members, the creative industries are rife for exploitation. I know it might be controversial to say wrestling is a creative industry, but it is. Yeah. Um, and they are rife for exploitation. Therefore, the workers in the industry need protection. In fact, in Newcastle was where the National Artists Union was formed. So, so especially from the Northeast, we've got a history of creatives being exploited, forming a union, protecting themselves, um, and coming together you know, to do that. So that the Northeast could be at the, the forefront of a, another creative movement. I think wrestling's, I think it's perfectly fine to class it as a creative endeavor oh, you know it is physical absolutely but there is there's a lot of creative creativity goes into it so oh, yeah, i just saw jim Cornette coming after me for calling it a creative <laughs> industry don't think he listens <laughs> I've, I've regularly called jim Cornette out on our twitter and not received anything so i think i think we're going to be safe uh, i think we're safe but it'd be nice for um northeast independence northeast wrestling to to stick that flag in the ground and be like you know let's do this as as a as a community, yeah. let's get behind this. Um, I think there is an onus then on fans as well. And I'm, I'm always reticent to put more work on fans because it should just be about us enjoying it. Mm. Yeah. And just going, oh, look, there's a local wrestling show. You shouldn't have to think about all this stuff. But if you do have the time and you are so inclined, have a look. Do, is this company signed up with equity? Have they done the safeguarding pledges? Have they got a code of conduct? No. What? I suppose it's debatable what you could say the biggest indie companies in the North are, but North is definitely one of them and they've done it. Prime, you know, one of the new companies has done it. So it's great to see actually people are doing it. It's making a difference, making people feel safe. And I know personally, because I am so inclined, I won't go to a show unless I know, you know that company has done that. I mean, we're very much the same. I think speaking for Craig here as well, where, you know, we we try our best to know know as much about the companies we go to and who's on them shows. I think you've, you've got to be smarter and wiser now as a wrestling fan. But the beauty, to me, the beauty of the fan code of conduct, first and foremost, is that I don't think I've seen a fan code of conduct in any of the other promotions that have came back. 
obviously they've done a lot of promotions have done the code of conduct but north has went excellent we'll we'll start legitimizing our workers and what we do but we now expect the same back from the fans which the i've, I've read the fan code of conduct and it like it, it just boils down to being just a, a decent human being yeah it's a lot it's it's so easy not to fall foul of the code of conduct um, it's, but also it's quite depressing that the the bar has been so low, like you said, with professional wrestling being the wild west, the the rules have to be put in place of just may, maybe don't shout racist stuff. It's the old, old progress sentiment. Don't be a dick. Yeah, you know that was yeah. that was that used to be progress's number one rule. You don't be a dick. But it, it's true, you know. First off, to say, you know, I, ha- I haven't written these policies. It's full credit to Bowers for putting yeah. these in place um, and taking this so seriously. And, you know, massive respect for what he's doing. Um, but, yeah, it is. It's People often find, oh, safeguarding, or why do you have to be so serious? Why are you taking the fun out of it? No one's doing that. We're just asking you not to be a dick. It's really bloody easy. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, not, it's nothing it's to be scared of. Negative. Yeah. If no one person has a negative impact on the show, there should be something put in place to remedy that. It's it's all action and consequence. And if the consequences are negative, there needs to be remedies for it. Exactly. And you know, I was I was chatting to some people the other day about, you know, the industry itself, you know, we need to stop giving people reasons to do that as well. So we can't encourage it. And I remember, and this is not me crapping on WCPW, but I remember I went to the very first WCPW shows um, and it was um, Martin Kirby and the loser wears a dress and it was meant to be an insult. Oh, boo, ha ha ha, it's a man wearing a dress, hilarious. Oh. It's like, and I, re- I stood in the crowd there going, this isn't okay, guys. You know, we shouldn't, you know, this isn't in it. You know, it's not, we shouldn't be laughing at people for what they're wearing to begin with let alone the link to trans issues and everything else. Um, so it's the, as an industry, we need to stop giving people reasons to do that and fans just don't do it, even if a company isn't smart enough to do that. It's very old-school wrestling. Yeah. Use the where's address. It's very, it's very WCW 1994. You know, it's, it's, it's not yeah, funny is, anymore. It wasn't funny what, then. What, which is like, why I was shocked to see it in 2016. I was like, hmm. Yeah. I was at them shows as well. Yeah. <laughs> in, in the really weird little leaky warehouse place. Yeah, it was yeah. a great atmosphere. I had to leave early. My oh, friend, got, my friend nearly fainted. <laughs> and to see Jay bizarre. Lethal wrestle in a place like that, I was like, oh, I felt yeah. quite bad for Jay. I was like, oh, and everybody you know trying, what you are you watching me? Vince McMahon? He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't watching. <laughs> yeah. Can I touch back on the Bowers and yeah. how and how you? And the the gaffer, Mr. Bowers, got got connected. How you became North Safeguarder? Did did Bowers come to you? Did you think, well, I know this company, maybe I can help them out? How did that all come about? In all, you know, I I've been thinking about doing something with wrestling to try and help because you know, with what was happening in Parliament and everything, um, I thought, you know, I want to be involved. I, it's an industry I love, and I want to help make things better. Um, and I was looking for different ways of what we could do. I was thinking about linking up with other Labour councillors across the country to see what we could do even just to help the industry get back on its feet after the pandemic and you know, providing, you know, we own, as councils, we own the leisure centres, you know, we own a lot of spaces that we can say, hey, look, discounted venues, help things getting up and running again. Um, 
but actually it was Bowers putting just something on Twitter saying, putting his policies out there and saying, look, we're looking for a safeguarding officer who can be arm's length, you know, not involved in day-to-day -day management, you know, so there's no undue influence you know, to get involved in this. And I thought, oh, that's something I can do. That's how I can help out. Um, I suppose one thing that's not alluded to by just saying, you know, I am an elected councillor, but I'm chair of the Adult Social Care Committee, um, and the North Tyneside Safeguarding Board reports directly to that committee. In fact, we've got a meeting on Thursday where we're getting the annual report of the Adult Safeguarding um, Board. So, you know, in terms of my safeguarding experience, and if there are any issues, I basically went to Bowers and said, look, this is who I am. This is what I do. Um, I used to run safeguarding training for various charities. I can get involved and I can help. You know. And he bit my hand off. So I was very pleased. I was like, oh, great. So just happy to be helping out. Never bit our hand off or anything. <laughs> bit our hand off once. <laughs> so, would you say that obviously with your history of being a long-term wrestling fan and your safeguarding experience, that you were very fortunately and uniquely qualified for North? Um, yes, is my answer to that. <laughs> yeah, I think wrestling. You know, I it was, very, it was a very leading question, so I apologise yeah. for that. No, I, I, no actually, you know. To, always compliment the questioner. It was actually a really good question because even though, you know, wrestling, I'm contradicting what I said earlier in terms of other things, but wrestling is unique. It's, and this is how it's got away with being the Wild West. It's, it's, so I think it's, it's performance art, it's drama, yeah. it's a soap, it's athletics. It's, yeah. that the, I'm bringing my partner to our first North Shore in a few weeks and she goes, oh, I'm excited to see what it's about. And I can't explain it. I, I all I can say is, when professional wrestling is done right, there is nothing like it. Exactly. And I think if you, if you brought someone in external who wasn't a fan of the industry, it can be misinterpreted. And, and so you need someone who actually understands it. So I thought I had the unique skills of someone who you know, knew all this about safeguarding, you know, did safeguarding in my job, my professional job previously, in my elected role, I do safeguarding every day. I'm a corporate parent, Every child in care in North Tyneside, I am legally responsible for. Um, so I have a lot of safeguarding training myself and have a lot of responsibilities. And then I'm a wrestling fan. And I thought that, you know, this is a way I can contribute and help make the industry better as a fan um, and not have to take a bump. <laughs> <laughs> great. great. <laughs> oh, that's, the, that's the next thing on my bucket list to try and help North out. So. <laughs> well, but you're doing that with this podcast. You know, it's the... It's, a, it's about how you grow a fandom. You know, you know if you're a, a North fan, then you want to consume more. There are actually limited, you know, once you've watched everything on YouTube, you go, well, where else do I go? Yeah. So you actually need other forums. And I think things like this are absolutely fantastic. And this is how I started listening because I mean, went to a North show or, and I was like, wow, I want to get, I, I want to do more. <laughs> and I want to hear more. It's like, ah, oh, amazing. Well, we appreciate it. Well, we do. We try. Uh, um, wasn't expecting any gratitude on this yes. podcast. <laughs> getting, getting compliments, very strange. Not, uh, not used to that one bit. Yeah, let's, let's, let's move very swiftly on. Um, so, the obviously we've talked about your experience in safeguarding, etc. But still, to the uninitiated, um, your role as a safeguarding officer at North, how how is it implemented? What is your okay. what would your quote unquote day to day duties be, and um, how would a, a worker come to you with a problem? How would a 
fan, you can't be one of the remedies, etc. I know that's a lot, but it's just kind of a, a polite, a posh way of saying what is, what is it you do and how how are you making professional wrestling a better place? Yeah. So obviously, and, and I know you don't expect me to, but just for clarification, obviously I won't discuss any of the individual cases. No, absolutely, absolutely not. not. Uh, and hopefully yeah. that, hopefully my line of question didn't come off. Like no, 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 no. I just thought it was just for our listeners at home to make, to make clear. <laughs> Get that disclaimer um, out there quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's an interesting thing about safeguarding that a lot of people actually misinterpret it, misinterpret what safeguarding is, and what safeguarding is is set out very clear, clearly in legislation. So there's only very limited powers of what North could do in terms of safeguarding. Um, however, again, credit to Bowers in terms of the policies and the processes put in place, there's a much wider duty of care. Um, so things that might happen that wouldn't fall under safeguarding, um, but might be an, a duty of care issue would also probably be sent my way. So my contact information is public on the North website um, and fans, wrestlers, staff, volunteers people working behind the bar at a north show can all get in touch with me directly to raise a concern um, what would happen and it would depend on the situation and um, where it happened and what might be involved so to use examples of what have happened in other promotions um, so i'm not indicating anything at north it would there are issues where someone might get concerned about this wrestler and what they've been accused of but if that happened outside that promotion show, there are limited powers that that promotion has beyond just not booking them. It's the, it didn't fall, yeah, definitely, it doesn't fall under their jurisdiction. However, depending on where or what they're accused of, there is also a statutory obligation on the organization to pass it on to the relevant authorities. So if it was, so well, any, if, there, if there is a, a view of any vulnerable adult, there is a statutory obligation for that to be passed on to either the police or the relevant local authority for them to investigate it further. Um, so that's where I would come in basically in judging that situation in terms of, is it serious enough that we need to go to the relevant authorities? If it is a, other things that we do a review on or if there's an accusation around an altercation or an incident, you know, well, okay, what, are, what do our policies say? What is the process? Did it actually happen? Um, I know there are concerns about, oh, there's going to be hundreds of false accusations. People don't really make false accusations. Also, who has the bloody time to make false accusations um, these days? But, you know, you've got to do the due process. Um, and it's also not about just cancelling everyone who's done things wrong. It's about, okay, do they see contrition, you know, show contrition? Have they learned? Are they willing to learn? Are they willing to do the relevant training that might come out of it? Are they willing to grow as people? And actually, the Ric Flair situation is a great, is a great one because he clearly hasn't learned. No. Um, there's plenty of witnesses to say he's done it, um, including other people who were defending him and said he'd done it. Yeah, it's and, But he's not willing to say that he did anything wrong. So why would we forgive you? Why would we think you're learning why would we welcome you back into the wrestling community yeah if you're not willing to grow and yeah. change yeah. for the better forgiveness comes from an apology and an apology only means something if you are sorry yeah so yeah and then because i know that's a big worry in the wrestling community that oh well if i get accused of something and then i'll never be able to work again it's like well it'll all be investigated and um, and even if it is found to be true depending on what it is 
you know, you will have an opportunity potentially to come back to show that you've grown, that you are a different person. Obviously, if you keep perpetuating that or you're not, then bugger off. We don't want you, you know, because you're going to make things worse for everyone else. Yeah, you're one of the ones that we missed in June. It's often don't come back. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think there's a worry with can for me, especially with me. I, I always have an issue with cancel culture. I've, I've discussed this with many people before. Like, we have to give people the opportunity to to atone if mm-hmm. if they're worthy and willing to. You know what I mean? We can't just say, like, oh no, you made that one mistake, you're done. You know, we've yeah. got to be as a community, as as fans and as a safeguarder and as promoters and whatever, surely we have to be able to say, like, we appreciate your willing to come back and make a mistake. It might be harder to get back where you were, but the door isn't fully closed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, cancel culture, I think, is very strong. Some people deserve it, absolutely, but I think, like, as fans, we have to be more educated to be like, well, maybe there's a chance for people instead of just closing that door. And the thing with wrestling is that it's still the Wild West. Yeah. So, not say North takes everything incredibly seriously and we say, right, you're not, we're not going to book you anymore. Bugger off. Blah, 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 blah. You know, they can still go work for some outlaw yeah. you know, promotion running, you know, the work in men's club. Um, that's you know, even dodgy. And you know, there's a you know, the thing that actually makes life easy with Nor is that it's over 18s shows. Um, yeah. and it doesn't have a and it doesn't have a training school. Um, so it makes my life a little bit easier in some of some of those aspects. But yeah, the if you don't give people a chance to grow at the minute in the wrestling industry, they will go work elsewhere, which is less regulated and less safe. Um, so we need to actually give people opportunities. Um, that, and just to clarify, to say it doesn't mean that everyone, because some people will do things and you go, well, actually, no. Yeah, there, yeah, there, there is a line. And that tends to be when there's also the statutory involvement and it goes, this is beyond us. This is either a police matter or yeah, a, yeah. You know, a local authority issue um, here. Which is a former progress wrestler who appeared in Mexico recently. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> that, that did happen. Yeah. Yeah. But no, um, it, that that was put fantastically, um, especially a touch on contrition and like like an overarching like redemption type of thing. Um, like people, if people aren't allowed the opportunity to grow, they're going to stay the same. Yeah. And, and I know that's a completely moot statement. But it's true. And um, if they're not allowed the opportunity to redeem their actions. And obviously, as Carl said, some are irredeemable. And mm-hmm. um, like the one I just previously mentioned, there was the former face of the independent movement, and um, who are is arguably one of the worst ones. There's there's been several who are just at no point do we want to see you in a ring ever again. Yeah. But like I said, if 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 there's no room to grow then things can't improve, I feel. Yeah. And and they won't and these people won't disappear. You know, <laughs> they will just yeah. pop up on other shows. Um yeah. So we need to find a way until the industry is properly regulated and has a governing body. And I don't see that to use to, to introduce a party political point, I don't see this government introducing anything like that to support the industry or regulate it. And um, I think they're quite happy just to leave it alone. Uh, the, the idea of regulations is a very left-wing concept in itself. Uh, <laughs> yes. This, this we government. love the red tape. That's what <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this government feels one of the furthest from something like that in a very long time. Yeah. Um, however, 
that's also why it's on promotions such as North, who have went above and beyond. And like I said, absolutely um, credit to Andrew Bowers. Um, like given given full Sunday name there, uh, that he has went above and beyond to try and make North such a safe place, not just for his workers, but for its staff and its attendees. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And, you know, the, the North atmosphere, you know, is one of a family and you can go to, I mean, the last North show I went to, all my mates bailed on me. So I know you guys have a similar situation from the last show. Um, this this guy. Uh, wow, wow. Thanks, right. thanks for bringing wow. that up, Joe. Uh, yeah, Craig, Craig might not have turned up at the last show. I don't yeah. know if you heard about it. Yeah, I guess. So, so, so I was like, oh, well, I'm by myself. But you know what? It didn't, I mean, you get chatting to people and you have a great time. So, and so there is such a friendly family atmosphere at North where we're all on the same side. We're all just having a great time. Um, and that doesn't happen by accident. No, I've been to other shows where that atmosphere doesn't exist in indies and even some of the, what we would call major indies, you know, that doesn't exist everywhere. So that is nurtured over time um, as well. By, by providing a safe space for yeah, its fans. Exactly. And when incidents happen and they do, and they happen everywhere, it's taking them seriously and what are we going to do about it? Um, and they will keep happening, unfortunately, but it's the making sure it doesn't turn into a bigger problem and say, and educating to people, say, you can't do that. That's not right. And in some situations, it'll be, you're not welcome back. I've, all, I've always said about North, like we, it's always made a joke about it being a cult, but it's, it's the most welcoming cult you'll ever meet. Yeah. And like, sometimes you feel like your detriment because the odd bad person might get in but i think that the the cult yeah the cult in inverted commas has always like before you got there especially joe has always managed that well you know like and 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 bowers and his team have always managed it as well but i think having you there and like everything you've been saying and from from my point of view and hopefully the people that listen this will understand that there's more help and support for everybody um which would be great because we want more people to come and often enjoy it. You know, that's the reason we do this show. Um, and I think like listening to you will probably put a lot of people's minds at ease to come try wrestling a bit, you know, hopefully. Well, yeah. And well, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my God, I don't want to bump into that guy in a show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. People say the same about me. Yeah. That's why he doesn't come anymore. I suppose that's why, you know, Tom Campbell calls us the North Faithfuls, isn't it? It's yeah. The, um, you know, we are that group and it is that fantastic atmosphere. And I am, I suppose, that extra layer um, because, you know, I'm not backstage. I don't have those relationships with the wrestlers. I don't have that relationship with the staff and that's the way it should be. And so it's not the, oh, that's my mate and we're friends and we go drinking together. As much as I like the idea of going out and going, oh yeah, I'm hanging out with the boys, how cool. It's that actually that, that distance is the only way that I can do my role effectively. A truly impartial yeah. third party. Yeah. Well, I suppose I should declare an interest. I did do, um, me and HT Drake have a mutual friend oh. um, and we did a, a wrestling quiz at the Irish Centre in Newcastle years ago. Um, and we were, we, we were about to win 300 pound. And uh, <laughs> the, the question, the final question um, to win the money was before, you know, which WWE champion had this many matches in WCW before they signed with the WWE. And I was like, oh, it's Edge. It's definitely Edge. 
And Drake was like, no, no, Shawn Michaels. I was like, Michaels never worked for WCW. He's like, mm-hmm. you know. And he's like, which one of us is the wrestler? Oh. <laughs> and I was just like. Always a heel, isn't he? Always a heel. Always a heel. <laughs> anyway, so I, obviously I turned to our mutual friend and went, what is this kind <laughs> Anyway, we lost. We didn't get the money, and um, he didn't. He, he said he would buy me a pint to apologise. This is, this is probably six years ago now. So I still haven't forgiven him. Um, I, did, <laughs> I, did, I did. I did tell Bowers. I said, by the way, you know, I, I, one, one, one of your boys, one of your wrestlers, owes me a pint. I'm three hundred pounds. I'm through because you were right. The question probably was Edge. Uh, it was. Sex and Hardcastle. Yeah, yeah. would have been bloody HT Drake. Oh, a heel. <laughs> hey, he keeps he keeps telling us it's not a gimmick. It's not a gimmick. It's not well, a gimmick. when he was running his um, absolute wrestling, and I would go to the shows, and um, even when he was a face in that, it was. You've got, but also the thing, like I'm sure you hate it when we say this. The nicest guy to sit and have a conversation with wrestling about for as long as you want. He'll he'll chat your ear off about it. But Jesus Christ, he's a, he's the scariest dude. <laughs> but yeah. I can't believe Drake goes you up here. You're never getting that. He's never oh, buying that. Eddie Kingston was you up here as well. So. Yeah, Eddie Kingston knows me up here. So yeah. we could probably start a podcast just on people that wrestlers that yeah. are here. Wrestlers are you drinking? Yeah. Hope Eddie Kingston never hears out what I keep telling people he owes me up here. <laughs> um, if, if you didn't know a joke, to the uninitiated, uh, during Eddie and Rory's match, um, um, if you weren't there live, you, you would have seen the video. They go yeah. to the sound desk and start lighting each other up with cans and shots. Uh, one of the cans that Eddie takes um, is Carl's freshly bought uh, can of Red Stripe and he just cracks Rory over the head with it. Carl's been dining off that for about nearly two years now. Carl's it's literally, literally the only claim to fame I've got. Uh, I see Carl wiping a tear from his eye thinking about was, that Red Stripe. Uh, I miss it so much. Hey, there's, there's, a ch- there's a chance that was probably one of the last Red Stripe we ever had at the, uh, at the Riverside. See, see, see. Sad times, Eddie Kingston. What a prick. <laughs> you see how I said that really quietly. Guess <laughs> he hears you. Yeah, he's got really strong ears. <laughs> he put Matthew from Botchaman in a chokehold once. That was an. I'm sure that was an absolute wrestling show. That was one of Drake's um, shows. I think it might have been. Yeah. I think he was. He was like Matthew when he ran across and stuff. <laughs> <in the chokehold laughs> yeah. Well, um, we obviously again. Uh, putting putting over putting over north, and um, obviously the, there was the series of allegations towards SSD concerts yeah. as well. And um, they have hired, obviously, if anyone's listening and doesn't know, and um, I think it's a Twitter account called Tits on Time, uh, and it lists the fairly lengthy list of allegations that SSD concerts is alleged to have perpetuated, and um, and because of that, North. Won't do, won't do business with them anymore, which is why we're at the Anarchy Group Company. Um, but again, like you touched on earlier, of the let it die down, brush it aside, and repeat the same stuff. They hosted a, I think a festival very recently. This is tomorrow, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they were talking about how they were going to have an independent investigation of all this. No, nothing. Nothing's happened. Like mm-hmm. so. Again, it's that's that's why your role and why the constant vigilance of misconduct and the mistreatment of other people is pivotal to the development of the things we love. 
Yeah, and it's very easy as you know, it's very easy for a promotion to say, "Oh, yeah, but we have no jurisdiction there." Um, oh, we didn't book. You know, we can't control what our venues do. Um, so for North to make that decision, I think shows this, how serious they take these yeah. allegations, how serious they take safeguarding, how serious they take protecting just the public in general. Um, and again, full credit to them. It's a lot of other promotions wouldn't have taken that position and that decision. Um, so, and I know that's well, finding another venue to host quality wrestling that isn't a sports center or a social right. club. Yeah. Hey, yeah. and I love, you know, I'm a member, I'm a member of Colorcoats Crescent Club. Um, I love a social club. Um, it took some mates, in fact, I was in there yesterday with some mates, but it's the, it's not always the best venue for wrestling. And actually, I think what we have at Anarchy Brewery, I prefer it. Um, it's it's a it's obviously Joe. I mean, you have been so we can talk yeah. about it at length. Yeah, uh, how beautiful it is. How, how great <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah, it it. <laughs> sorry, Craig. It 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 perfectly encapsulates sort of North as a as a venue. I think it fits it well. Like I say, a social club. Like we go, like we go to MEW, and that's in the industry in Long Bend. Yeah, and that's a great atmosphere for a family show. Whether that would fit a North show is a completely different situation. Yeah. But Anarchy Brewery, just just chef's kiss of a, of a <laughs> Craig, you'll find out eventually. Maybe I was about to say another four weeks. Another four weeks. They'll let you in. They'll let you in. Everybody's pretty PO'd with you right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll be at the door. Sorry. Joe's, that'll be why Bowers isn't, uh, isn't reading my messages. Listen, literally, <laughs> Joe's got a list of complaints just about you not turning up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, I I personally think that almost every question that I've had with regards to your role and your experience has been answered. Uh, but obviously, I don't. I, I'd never want to end something on a negative note. Um, so I, yeah. I can give you some positives, unless you've got. Uh, well, it was just going to be linking it back to North. Um, who's your? Go on. Who's who's your favourite? <laughs> Just, just literally, just yeah. Leading question. Let's get proper marky here. Who's I your favorite wrestler? Who do you like to watch? Um, well, it was Rory, but mm. <laughs> I can't do that. I, that's, so I'm gonna go da, 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 you know, Liam because uh, you know I've seen Liam wrestling for a very long time, and it's to see someone grow as well. You know, I saw again go back to Absolute Wrestling. Um, he won the King in the North tournament, um, and I remember that in in a sports centre in Whitley Bay. So, and I thought, oh God, this guy, he's going to go somewhere. Um, and right to the top of North Wrestling, he went. Um, so yeah, probably <laughs> in the minute. Yeah, he appeared on uh, what was the when they tried to bring back World of Sport. Yeah, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Uh, HD Drew was in it as well. He was. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, a few big guys got on there. Um, yeah, Liam Slater has been it like because he looks so young as well, but he has He's been, been around, around a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the one I'm a bit, I'm quite excited about Will Cruz as well. Yeah, love Will Cruz. There's, there's something, you know, if, if you know, I think a lot of fans they all dream about being a booker or having their own promotion or something, and there's something there, there's something there, there's a spark here that he can, he can go far. Yeah, um, He's, there's something beautiful about a big, agile, big man that can smash your run of a day of moonsault. <laughs> The beautiful and, uh, thing. I've got a, a member of mine and Carl's NFL Fantasy League coming to the show as well. Um, and I was just trying to sell them on the matches that had been booked at that point. And it was just, yeah. I think at that point, it was Carnoir, Rory, um, 
and the Fatal Four Way. The, the Car Noir Rory Coyle was an easy sell. I showed the Car Noir entrance, I showed a Rory Coyle promo. And he was like, yep, yep. So I mean, uh, and the Fatal Four Way, I kind of explained by uh, so Riddy is working in Japan, he's got strong, he's a strong style background. He is, uh, oh god, uh, Mark Kirby uh, recently retired, yeah. Um, and I was like, Will, Will Cruz, best super heavyweight in England. He's you didn't ready. show him, didn't show him the Zoidberg elbow. Uh, no, I'm gonna let that one, I'm gonna let him, uh, let that, let him go first time. Well. I was about to say, you'll, you'll never hit it, you'll never, you'll hit, never it. hit it. <laughs> And the person I'm most excited to see for the next show is um, coming back is Lizzie Evo. Um, yeah. I mean, what a heel. Uh, <laughs> she, she is great. So, you know, you know listening to your last podcast, you know, we didn't, you know, the, the fans didn't give her a chance to be a face. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she, she embraced it and it was fantastic. And I don't believe that's her real accent. I'm sure she's hamming it up. <laughs> I think that's her, mate. I think she's the, the, the female <laughs> version of HD Drink. There's just no gimmicks. This is just who she is. Oh, no. Yeah, she was like, because Tonga got a nice round of applause. Yeah, she did. Like, it, was, it was very polite. It wasn't yeah, people, it was like, oh, we don't okay. know who you are. Very we'll, nice. see, we'll see what happens here. And then Lizzie Evo came out and people just went, nah, not having her. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, pretty much. It was great. Craig, you would have loved it. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I can dine out on this for at least another six months, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, forever, because now the shows are numbered two point something. We can be like, oh, were you at 2.1? Wait, I can't you, remember now. <laughs> remember the relaunch, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I've watched two lifelong friends commit their lives to each other. Yeah, so what? I watched Rory Coyle turn heel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it wasn't, wasn't even that day. I was in a fucking barbecue while I was over. Exactly. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you try any of the beers at Anarchy Brewery? Joe, did you oh, try no. any? No, I'm actually off the drink at the minute, so Are it was you? quite it was quite hard. I'm having a, a, a period of detox, and um, because of the amount I drank during lockdown one, two, or three, makes sense. So, <laughs> so I went to the bar and I was like, "Oh, do you have any non-alcoholic beers?" And they're like, "No." So I was like, "It was the Pepsi Max for the night." Yeah. But I think it's um, and actually it was a re- it was weird because it was I think my first live wrestling show where I haven't been on the drink, and. I think I might have enjoyed it more oh. because you really, it, you, it's not the drink sucking you into the atmosphere. It is the actual yeah. atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah, I might try that one day. A sober was, show. Yeah. So that it mean, was, you actually take notes this time. Yeah. <laughs> and, not, and not rely on me and then completely bury us the one time I miss a show. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, do, do you, so as you, well, I'm trying to throw you under the bus. Uh, as you, like, in a North show, yeah. are you officially on duty? Like, as a, as a safeguard, like, I'm not saying someone would run yeah. up to you there and there, but like, or like if someone did need to pull you, like in an emergency situation, they could pull me in an emergency situation. Yeah, I suppose the official thing is I'm not, I wouldn't be on duty. Yeah, um, and I okay. would what I would probably do is direct them to a north, like Bowers know, or, or somebody. Yeah, yeah. Okay. direct them to someone because that's the process it should go through. Um, unless their complaint is about Bowers themselves, and this is you know. He won't mind me saying this. Then yes, I'm the person to come to directly. Right. To. You're However, right. I would also, yeah. However, I would also say, um, depending on the situation, unless it is an actual emergency, is that the right place to do it? Yeah, um, absolutely. Am I in the right? You know, can I? You know, would it be right for me to take your information there and then? Is there any other risks that we're exposing to? Um, if it's the some, you know, I'm trying to think of something. A racist chant at the show. Yeah. 
well, even then, actually, because it might be useful to identify people. Um, <laughs> um, this is, I suppose, you know, I'm open to anyone approaching me at any time with any concerns. I don't yeah. have a problem with that. Um, I think the important thing is just would me to say is that I would follow up with them. There's no, I would have to go through everything again yeah. in a different yeah. setting. Um, and at times that can be very challenging in safeguarding if someone's discussing something quite traumatic and you, the part of safeguarding is to try to cut down the number of times that person has to talk about that traumatic experience. So I would try and make that happen as few times as possible. And um, so I prefer one in terms of helping them through that experience. But if it is something going, actually we can identify someone now and something mm -hmm. is happening, then yeah, let's take action about it. Yeah, yeah but sure. people shouldn't approach you to, in the middle of a show to expect you to stop the show to deal yeah. with something. Like yeah, just, I'm not, not going to get in the middle of the match and go, yeah. right, everyone, sorry, I'm just going to stop this now. <laughs> Two seconds, John, stand up. We're not uh, <laughs> Yeah, just, just to sort of clarify from like a fan's point of view, if they do want to see and have a chat about things like it shows, because, yeah. you, you mean, know, that's people cool. Can come up, people come up, have a chat, uh, yeah. anything they want. Um, yeah, I'm happy. Cool. Happy to be approached anytime because I'm obviously I'm just so lovely uh, to be obviously, <laughs> obviously such a gent. Modest so, too is what I like. The, <laughs> I, I I like that I am the most modest person around. <laughs> but are you? But are you? Are you humble as what Carl is? No one's as humble as me. <laughs> you got to go into the Lonely Island reference that only me and you get. Yeah, love yeah. Lonely Island, and that's the only reference we'll ever make. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I would I would. Heartly agree. You are a very, very nice young man, uh, and it's been an absolute pleasure spending uh, this afternoon with you. And I just wanted to thank you for your time again. And we oh, will thank you. definitely be well. I will definitely be seeing you uh, on uh, late October at the next North Show. Yeah, for sure, I'll be there. Um, <laughs> less than a month to go. Less than a month to go. Awesome, uh, Joe. Like, if you want to end this with sort of any sort of words for the North fans or anything like that, like this is your where people can get at you. This is your yeah. platform. This is why we wanted to do this. So yeah. please make yeah. sure. So if anyone has any concerns um, or anything or just has any questions, because oftentimes people aren't sure if there's anything wrong or not, but it's always better to question and have a conversation with someone, even if you're just not sure. Um, you can get in touch with me at joe.kirwin, that's K-I-R-W-I-N, at northtyneside.gov.uk. That information is available on the North website. It's also available on the North Tyneside Council website, where you can also find my phone number, which I'm not going to read aloud on the podcast. <laughs> um, you, can, you can also find me on social media at, at Joe Kerwin. Um, I think I just want to end by saying, you know, North Wrestling is an amazing community, um, and we will only keep it that way if people who have issues or concerns or are worried about anything come forward and share that. And I know that's hard and difficult to do at times, but it's the part of the process of keeping North amazing for everyone. Awesome. Perfect. And to say, uh, after North Show, it's Bound for Glory the same day. You can all pack <laughs> North, you can all go home and buy Bound for Glory and watch some Impact Wrestling. <laughs> uh, until the end. I love uh, it. Uh, Mr. Joe thank you very much for joining us. Cheers, Joe. Appreciate it. Thank you.